You're listening to the Games Regime Office podcast. I'm James Batchelor, and this week I'm joined by Brendan Sinclair, Jeffrey Russo, and Chris Dring. We are going to be talking about the week ahead. This is uh, one of my favourite podcasts we do every year, uh, and one that dates the quickest. Um, we're going to be talking about predictions for the game showcases um, that are happening at the start of June. I say vaguely like game showcases are happening at the start of June. Obviously, there is no E3. There's no kind of central branding or pillar that kind of unites all these events. I know, Chris, you quite you quite rightly keep pointing out to me that even things like Microsoft's press conference isn't officially part of E3 in previous years, but they're all so close that no one really cares. And, and as, as you pointed out, I have noticed like people are still referring to this week as E3, even though there is no E3 present. Whenever, which I, is, whenever I interview PlayStation, they always refer to their E3 announcement. When they did the um, PS5 reveal, Jim Ryan kept calling it the E3 announcement. I'm like, you didn't go to E3, Jim. Um, but, yeah. the, um, but it's uh, but it's it's just shorthand, isn't it, for the for the period? It's shorthand. It's it's a good shorthand. I mean, like loads of people are trying to come up with their own shorthands. I've seen polls as to what this week should be called. I'm currently going with not E3. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about the the showcases that are in the week ahead. We have already had one. Uh, we have had PlayStation State of Play was last week. This was about half an hour. Um, I, I don't think it can be quite equated to it, a typical PlayStation E3 conference because it wasn't of that scale. There certainly wasn't any kind of major first-party announcements. It was very much dedicated to third-party announcements and a few kind of PSVR updates ahead of PSVR, PSVR 2. Um, so want to get your thoughts on, on the lineup that we saw there, and then we'll dive into the, uh, the, you know, the crystal ball gazing of what are we expecting from the rest of the week. Um, Chris, I know you and I were up live watching it. Uh, Brendan and Jeffrey, did you did you catch up on the conference since? So, I mean, for anyone who did miss it, there is a rather handy write-up on the uh, gamesindustry.biz. Uh, so, the kicked off with Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, which makes complete sense because Capcom's done really well with uh, the remakes of 2 and 3. Um they're going to they're making some PlayStation VR 2 content for Resident Evil 4 remake. I don't. They haven't confirmed like that it's like a full. You can play the whole thing in VR, um, but that's yeah. You know, that that may be a possibility. They're working on PlayStation VR mode for Resident Evil Village. There was there was a kind of a smattering of PSVR two titles. So there was No Man's Sky is coming to PSVR two, uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain, which had been previously announced. They announced that Marvel's Spider Man is coming to PC. And we got a little update that the Marvel Spider-Man games by Insomniac, so Marvel Spider-Man and Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, have sold 33 million copies combined. Uh, we got the first gameplay footage of Street Fighter VI. We got a look at the Callisto Protocol, which is the uh, sci-fi game from former Dead Space developers. We got a new trailer of Final Fantasy XVI and the confirmation that it's coming out summer 2023, or at least that's what it's aiming for. Um cyberpunk cat game stray which everyone went nuts for at a previous i think it was about a year or so ago when it was first unveiled during a playstation event and then it's all gone quiet and now it's out next month it's out in july um and there was a few other kind of uh, announcements like uh, so tunic and season of the future are coming these are indie games uh, uh there was an indie game eternites which is a mix of action game and dating sim and there was a Roll7, which is the studio who do Oli Oli. Um, they've got a new IP, Roller Dome, which is a roller skating arena game where you shoot all the roller skaters. Uh, and the last roller skater 
presumably not shot, wins. Um, personally, I, I, watching this through, I was watching this live. I was you know making notes so we could cover this as soon as it was finished. Um, it was an okay lineup. It's it's not a bad selection of games. It, for me, it was it was very clearly targeted at a a particularly core audience. I mean, if you are a fan of shooting zombies or shooting zombies, you are in luck. Um, but beyond that, it, it wasn't as varied as as you'd hope from a larger conference, but then it wasn't a larger conference. Um, team, what did what were your thoughts on, on what was shown off? Meh. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, this, this felt like this state of play could have been, you know, any month of the year, basically. Yeah. Like, I, I think the Resident Evil 4 remake, which... Um, had been you know reported to be coming as uh that'll be that seems like that'll be big um but uh a lot of this is just kind of like you know i sat there and i was i was nodding along to it like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep that that might do well that's okay that's that's neat um street fighter 6 i i the trailer for that intrigued me more than i expected it to um but yeah i wasn't i wasn't blown away by anything and uh it it doesn't i i'm actually a little worried about the uh psvr2 here because it looks like it's kind of being set up to be a replay of the original psvr you know they're they're talking Mm. about hey you'll get a vr version of resident evil village instead of like you know resident evil 4 remake it's it's it just feels like a um a leftovers machine right like no man's sky might be really cool in in psvr but um it's you know no man's sky's been out for years and years now and you you've already got you've already played it you know the the there's not there's not the big hook to kind of like mm. make to sell me on VR when I haven't to this point invested in it. Yeah, it felt to me a little bit like a console USP than a like you know if you have the PlayStation Five if you if you're int- if you're choosing which platform to play on. Hey, if you get the PS Five, you can play a lot of these cool games in VR mode, which won't be coming to other platforms. Right, that's their. Maybe. I mean, that's not, you know, like I got Resident Evil 7 in, in, on the PlayStation. I had no reason to get it on a PlayStation over an Xbox, but I got it on the PlayStation because it had a VR mode, which I used once. Um, because it yeah, was something... This, that, that hook didn't really work that great for stereoscopic 3D in the PS3, right? I mean, not everyone had a 3D TV, but, you know, there were, there were reasons to buy them. Like, I bought a 3D TV because I was buying a TV and the 3D thing was like, sure, why not? It's like almost a throw-in, you know? It didn't cost significantly more. And it was cool when I used it, but it doesn't... It's not going to sell PS3s. And I don't think the... I You know, I finally got a PS5 and, and... Or I'm choosing between a PS5 and a Series X. And if I buy the PS5, I can also spend just as much money or more, maybe, on a PSVR 2 headset. And then I can play this mode in a handful of games that maybe they appeal to me or maybe they don't. Like that's yeah, but it, it has that is the PlayStation USP from five since the beginning. You know, it's like the Dual Sense controller, the 3D audio, the VR headset. All of it's about that's what they do 
differently to other companies. You know, the, the experience you can have on PlayStation can be different if you spend all this money on all this extra hardware. Um, I, I just, I didn't, I wasn't particularly excited by it either, but I, I get it sort of fits with the PlayStation ethos of sort of what they do. How far out do we think PlayStation VR 2 is? Because we've got no official word of release date. The Saints and Sinners trailer, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners trailer, ended with a vague 2022, which implies to me by the end of 2022, i.e. around Christmas. But then if that was the case, you'd hope they would be showing off more or you know, at least giving us more detail, like something to get us actually vaguely excited about it. Given that you know, I know it's, it's I know it's only June. He says in quotation marks, but blinking it would be September, and then that's full blown Q four silly season. So you would think they'd want to get word out about this. I was told it was supposed to be June, but I've I've been reading reports that it's now early next year instead. Um, mm. I suspect it's it's going to come down to manufacturing more than anything else. There's a lot of VR games out there. We saw the games, as Brendan quite rightly pointed out, basically AAA companies sticking VR modes in their games. But there are a lot of VR-only devs. We did GI Live online last week, and there were five of the indie developers looking to looking for funding or, or publishing all have VR games that are, are nearing completion. So th- there's lots of games out there. They could, they could launch at any time, really, as long as they can manufacture enough and get it out. Um, so I, but I don't know. I mean, I, I was told three months ago, it was due out, maybe two months ago, it was due out this year. But um, the fact they didn't announce a date or confirm any lineup information, I mean, they can still do that. You know, they can drop a video next week if they wanted to. Um, but um, uh, suggests to me that maybe it is slipping a little bit. If it is slipping into the first half of next year, the first half of next year is looking crazy. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so not, I didn't answer your question, James. Um, just reading the reports. I'm not sure that there's any real time incentive for them to like get it out this year or even like, you know, before holiday of, of 2023 or something. I mean, in the VR space, they're competing with the Oculus Quest, I suppose. But like, I don't, I don't think there's a, a downside to taking the time until you have you know like a killer app or whatever to sell people on the technology you know whatever whatever supply constraints uh there there are on the hardware maybe they ease up by 2023 maybe some things become a bit cheaper um and and then maybe when you actually launch you have something that's really like you know convincing for people to to invest in it because like right now like if they launch this year i don't even if everything that they've announced for psvr2 comes out on day one like that's not even in the realm of yeah i would consider a purchase for for me anyways and i i I, while i know i'm not the you know the average consumer i don't i don't think there would be a whole lot of people that would be really all that interested in i i think there there's a requirement for the psvr to to sort of change the way people think about vr right now as like just a you know a, a niche in the in the industry and if it if it doesn't then it's it's gonna go down just like the psvr did which granted was the you know most successful vr headset of its day 
but it, it's not exactly you know the next big thing that we were that we were all promised uh around 2013 or so i don't i don't know if it i don't know if sony expects it to be the next big thing but i also think you know they can take their time on it they can focus on manufacturing ps5s over vr headsets because you know the delay to starfield means that and assuming god of war is still on track for this year which you know, I, I understand it is then playstation probably has the lineup it needs and the games it needs to sort and you know they're going to sell out of all the consoles they manufacture they've got a big sits exclusive they've just released a bunch as well in grand turismo 7 and and and, and horizon so I, and there's a lot of other third-party partner games coming out um so i i would say that PlayStation doesn't need to you're right they can they can take the time um um unless there is an objective to try and be more competitive in the vr space but i, I kind of view psvr as being a um uh as i say a sort of a, a selling point for the playstation 5 one of many i think rather than the selling point and um rather than oh well, let's try and compete be oculus at the at its game and uh, necessarily so uh, it depends if they if they're really trying to make a name for themselves in the vr space particularly but i don't, I don't so there's, there's been no indication of that i get the impression that this is um something that they, they can drop it and they can be all uh, when they've got a space and there's a need to and there's a some comp but yeah yeah i agree i hate i hate sony's penchant for dropping it like it yes, is, it's so many times it has like just rolled out really interesting neat technology and then just like let it die i was going to say to counter that one of the one of the reasons why they've done this more globalized approach to their business is so that that happens less like a lot of the times there's a there's a you know they, they invest in portable gaming because it's big in japan or they invest in um, motion controls because it's popular in europe and, you know, it's not that they wouldn't roll them out, but then the other countries drop it. You know, like, you know, the, U the West was the first to go, yeah, we're not, you know, Vita can go away. And it was the, um, and it was uh, America the first to go, yeah, we're not interested in PS Move anymore. Or I don't know if iToy, I can't remember the iToy, but I'm sure that was a similar situation. Whereas this sort of more like, unified approach means that if they really want to, they can, that's what Xbox is quite good at, is giving, like, we're going for this one big thing and we're going to push it because we're, all led out of one it, it some doesn't it loses that local that's the one good thing i think i'm not i you know playstation know this i say to them often i'm not entirely convinced their approach now a globalized approach is the best one but um it does have advantages like that um that um previous hardware uh previous innovative efforts they made they gave up on very quickly i i like to think i i from what i can understand it was more <clears throat> some places were willing to give it more of a shot than others um so um, if they're all going for it. But... While we were talking about the, um, PSVR, I was thinking about how often I just see commercials for the MetaQuest 2. And it's, I don't know if you all have seen the same ones um, or, or similar, but like, I just think of like how often I see these commercials. And then I think to myself, it's like, huh, I, I, I wonder what, it like we said it, it does seem like they're playing the long game with the ps vr um actually because i i was also thinking about like how many times have i seen you know just random ads for that not saying that they don't exist obviously they do it's just you know I, I, at what clip so i i'm i'm living in canada here and the ads that i get are not necessarily the ads everyone else gets um is is 
MetaQuest 2, now that you remind me they've changed yeah. the name. Yeah. Uh, is, is that actually getting advertised uh, robustly in uh, the U.S.? I honestly, I, I, I could say earnestly, I've I've been watching either YouTube videos or my, my Hulu subscription has commercials and I'll just see the, the same ones that either involve the people out in space or um, the fitness one. And yeah, I just see that I've seen it enough for okay. now in my brain. I'm like, okay, I've seen this before. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting just to think about like even where, they're they're advertising these things there has been a lot of advertising around it um end dreams were decently did a round table with us <clears throat> it was private behind closed doors so i can't say too much but they were talking about how profitable vr has now become it's not lucrative it's not changed the world like everyone was hyping it up to be but it's now a profitable sustainable little uh cottage industry within this in within games now um and playstation had to make a call i think and i actually am surprised they made the call to stay in it because you know they closed a lot of their vr studios a lot, or they realign them onto other things. So the fact that they suddenly went, oh, actually, we're going to stick with it, uh, it genuinely surprised me. Um, because, um, because, you know, a lot of them were in the UK, and some of, them, some of the partners, even the ones who weren't, like, super massive games, for instance, that made a load of VR games for PSVR in the early days, they've gone off with Bandai Namco and, and 2K now, and, and they're making a, a sort of Until Dawn spiritual successes. Um, and a lot of those studios that were doing VR stuff have stopped. Um, and it just made me surprised for PlayStation. So it makes me surprised that PlayStation decided, actually, no, we are going to stick with it. And I assume because they, you know, as Jeffrey said earlier, they sort of see it as a, a long-term thing that it's worth staying around in this space. I, I will die salty about Sony deciding that VR is the thing to just like, yeah, well, we made one. Let's make another one, even if it's not going to do that well. And and is <laughs> just just left to die and that's it yeah. that's it forever <laughs> yeah what a great console of Eater is the the biggest surprise for me from the state of play um to bring this a bit more broader was the fact there was not a single there was, there was one mention of the playstation plus revamp now i know the sort of people who are watching this conference will be already be aware of the changes that are coming up but you'd think they'd still be like even just like a short trailer or an ad is like oh by the way don't forget sign up and you get this 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 and this stray that was the only mention is stray stray is going to be available to playstation plus premium and extra subscribers on day one so obviously you know jim ryan has said repeatedly and you know said to us like that they're not going to put their big blockbusters on day one like microsoft does because it will affect the the level of investment they can justify it or like the quality or stuff. I and mean, Chris actually got the quote, so you can probably sum that up better than me. Yeah. But yeah. they are, yeah. they're apparently open to it, to, open to doing it with third parties, which I think is a smart move, is an interesting move because, you know, that's been a, a big success of Game Pass is, is studios being able to have their, their game on there from launch and actually finding that, you know, like some studios have found that it drives sales on other formats. Or it just you know, really drives drives the awareness of that game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, you could chuck a developer a load of money and um, particularly an indie developer who um, uh, who get their dev covered, costs covered on what, um, just by partnering with one subscription platform, you know, and it, and it, and it can work. You know, the subscriptions, I've, I've got my concerns about the subscription model if it becomes dominant, which I actually don't think it will. Um, but um, I understand why the subscription model doesn't work for 
um, God of War or, you know, Rockstar's games or whatever. I get that. Um, I think um, online service-based games, it does work. This isn't the first time PlayStation has... PlayStation's even put a first-party game in a subscription service day and date before with their Destruction All-Stars. But that's the sort of game that works mm. in that space because it's a service game and it's supposed to be. It was a bit rubbish. Um, but um, that, sort of work, that sort of game works. If you're a developer with a low budget title, it's it can it can work because if you've got a game on other multiple platforms, you can use one platform to boost sales on another platform. It can work in those scenarios. But and I think when when Jim Ryan was saying the things and Strauss Elnick said it in our in our keynote as well last week, he said it before about how it doesn't work for their games. I think they're specifically talking about their games and the specific type of games that they make rather than yeah um, rather than all, rather than all uh, indie service based games, but. Um, and I don't, you know, and, and so, yeah, I think, but I, I said this, I actually did ask Jim when he did the interview, were you going to be signing third uh, third party indie games into the service? And oh yeah, we're having those conversations now. So it was, it was, this, this is one of them, <laughs> but they do it anyway on PS Plus. PS Plus has yeah, games yeah. signed into it. It's not, they've it's been not doing anything. that from the start, like, uh, what, yeah. Mercenary Forces and Resogun and stuff. Some of the early Rocket PS4 League games for her. Full guys, yeah. I, 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 like I said, like my, my main takeaway was that the there wasn't much present for PlayStation Plus, given that it revamps this month. Like there wasn't any kind of reminder, and you just know that. And I know this is not the equivalent of the Xbox and Bethesda show, showcase that's going to happen on Sunday. Like that is a massive, major first-party thing, and this was very much a Sony's kind of half-hour update on third-party games coming to PlayStation platforms. Like I know it's not it's not a like-for-like -like comparison, but when you think that you know, come Sunday, you know, we can you can you can easily start a drinking game. Every time Phil Spencer or whoever else is presenting this uh, this showcase is going to say, and it's available on Game Pass, like to, no, to only have one mention of PS Plus in the month you are revamping your subscription service just seemed like a very odd choice to me. And makes me wonder, will we see, I assume, slash hope we'll see, a bigger Sony state of play in the next few months? Yes. I mean, because they, ha they have to do first party stuff, right? Yeah. So we, we still haven't seen so, God of War Ragnarok. We need to see what that looks like, to, to, if only to reassure us that, yes, it is definitely coming to 2022. Please don't delay that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think they will do a first-party one, or they'll at least do a God of War only one. And I think, yeah. and I think the PlayStation subscription service, their initial objective of that is to upgrade or convert existing PlayStation players, so perhaps it's less of a thing they need to promote. Um and I also suspect that you know they're getting some feedback now about you know the fifty hertz stuff in their in their in their in their games and this sort of thing, which you know retro stuff. They might be you know taking quite a lot of feedback at the moment and reacting. Um, they could have taken that feedback with the PlayStation Classic. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they very <laughs> much could have done. To wait for this. Um, well, you, this, I, I guess I guess that I was about to argue that maybe they're waiting. You know, they're going to launch this, see how it goes, react, and then push it afterwards. But then that's kind of been that was their approach with PlayStation Now, and then they sort of didn't. Um, so I can only you know, I can only assume it's going to become more of a focus at the next um, at the next uh, uh, PlayStation event, um, whatever that might look like, or whenever that might be. I mean, it might drop like, imminently. I actually thought the event was pretty good. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a huge PlayStation player. I'm a big Resident Evil fan, so I was very delighted to see Resident Evil 4 remake, even though I knew it was coming. 
uh, Final Fantasy is huge, you know, it's a massive title for PlayStation and that, and it's, it's a very hyped thing. Street Fighter obviously is, has its following. I think if you're into, and you know, I'm into horror games. So the fact that there's <laughs> three major horror games released in the space of three months is, is, is interesting to me. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was all right. Um, uh, it had some sizable titles in it, nothing particularly surprising, but I actually don't think, I think the days of really surprising E3s are over. Um, oh, massively, yeah. Um, we live. No, I, 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 no, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Like, so while while you're talking, so we let, let's transition here into like talking about the week ahead. So the, the, there are there are a lot of events in, in the week ahead. So five hours from now, you have limited run games. It's doing its own little event. You've then got Black Forces in Gaming, Upload VR Showcase, Summer Games Fest with Jeff Keeley. Day of the Devs, uh, which is the Summer Games Fest edition, which I assume that means that they're doing another Day of the Devs later in the year. Devolver Digital, IGN Expo, Netflix Geeked Week Gaming, uh, Guerrilla Collective, Wholesome Games Direct, Future Game Show, Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase, the PC Gaming Show, Guerrilla Collective Part 2. No offence to the organisers of any of those, those showcases, but to me, the only two that really stand out there as having the potential for big, surprising new news are Xbox and Summer Game Fest. Xbox's news will obviously all be for the Xbox ecosystem. It will all be Microsoft first-party titles or some third-party titles that are partnering with Microsoft. Summer Game Fest, to an extent, is the closest we've got to the E3 of the past. And they announced... Um, they announced it sort of, sort of like in terms of that one big place for all third parties to announce their games without it being skewed to a particular platform. Summer Games Fest is close. Yeah, but I mean, E3 they never did that. That's the thing. I often, no. often when people break, they did it last, they did it last year. But before then, E3 never announced anything. It was just, a, it was two halls. No, okay. okay. But anyway, I know what but you mean. I mean, as, what you as, mean. As, a, as a platform, as yeah. we can get, if we can get past the semantics, as a platform <laughs> for all third parties to, I'm going to try and define this in a way that Chris does not argue. <laughs> um, it is, it is anyway. it's, a, it's, it's the trip, it's the right. one the AAA companies will go to, right? The rest is more indie is. focused, right. devolvers and indie publisher. And, and you might get some of the PC then, gaming show. That's about it. And they and they announced they announced last week or the week before the lineup of companies that are going to be there. And you look at the lineup, and this goes back to the original point of, of Chris's point of like the days of surprising E3s are gone. You look at the lineup, and there are some companies in there that you instantly know what that game, what they're going to be talking about before they're like so. Epic Games that will just be Fortnite. The chances of Epic Games announcing another game are minimal. Mediatonic that'll be. Unreal Tournament, maybe. <laughs> Mediatonic will be Fall Guys. MiHoYo will be Genshin Impact. Um, D Digital Extremes will be Warface, Warframe. I can never remember which one. Warframe. Um, Warframe, thank you. Skybound Games will be something to do with The Walking Dead. Studio MDHR, that will almost certainly be Cuphead 2 or some sort of couple DLC. Or Is Cuphead 2 announced? I lose track. It's Cuphead DLC. Um, yeah. Warner, Brother Warner Brothers Games, that will be Gotham Knights. Maybe an update on... Hogwarts Legacy, like Square Enix, Final Fantasy XV, maybe something on Forspoken. Like you look through the list and you can instantly work out, right, that company is bringing this game, this game, this game, this game. Maybe some, maybe some, okay, okay, prime example, Activision. The only thing Activision will bring to Summer Game Fest is Call of Duty. There is little oh. to no chance of them bringing anything else. I think the trailer. So the, you're right, the surprise is. Oops, go ahead, sorry. 
No, 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 no. Correct, uh, I was please. going to say that I believe the trailer is either today or was just revealed because I saw that um, Pete Davidson of NS- of uh, SNL uh, is in it. Uh, so, yeah, to your point, Call of Duty. Okay, yeah, so, so, so that's not even going to be new. It will be an update on Call of Duty, nothing even new. So, yeah, like, Chris, I'm, I'm very animatedly agreeing with Chris. The days of yeah. surprises are gone, uh, and I think, which uh, I, 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 I miss. Uh, well, I do as well. I mean, I remember, I'm probably doing it, I'll probably write an article about this. <laughs> so if you don't, we want to skip over this bit, anyone listening at home, just do, and I'll read when I've, when I've written it up. Um, but the... Um, the the we're seeing a thing. So games take longer to make now, and they cost so many more people. Take so many more people to make. Publishers are becoming more reticent, announcing things too early because they're not quite sure how long these games will take to launch. So the idea of keeping a game secret for five years um, amongst a team of two hundred odd devs is becoming harder and harder anyway. So leaks are becoming more and more common. Um, but then you've also got companies now needing to hire people to work on these projects. So they're announcing the projects more in advance. You saw Splinter Cell got announced and, and all those sort of games, all the Microsoft games, the Fables, all those sort of world. They're being announced well in advance. We know they're being worked on. Um, and um, and I, and I, and I, and that's just the way the, the industry's going. And that's not, that doesn't mean there's not going to be any surprises. I just think that we're going to see fewer and fewer of them. And they're harder to keep things a secret. And there's some, and now there's also a design not that there's imperative to announce things earlier. And just even as just a press release of a logo, you know, the way Alan Wake 2 was announced or the way like all these games that are getting announced, they're sort of just being, oh, we've got this thing. Here's a teaser trailer, maybe, or maybe here's just a logo. But, but, um, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. I actually, I actually find how they're approached. So one of the things that's happening during E3 period, this whatever this whatever June, um, is um, is um, we're starting to see games just announced outside of any of these events. So Pokemon did their trailer recently. It was a teaser trailer, but they did a trailer just on its own. And and Sonic is part a stake of partnering with IGN to announce this to showcase its new Sonic game. And actually, the Sonic approaches they followed the Breath of the Wild model from six years ago. I remember Breath of the Wild, they went to E3, Nintendo, and they just showed one game. And they told us what it was in advance. We knew they were going there with Zelda. That wasn't the surprise. What the surprise was was in the game, what the game was itself, what it looked like, what it played like, what it felt like. And the way, and Nintendo just gave, they went really in-depth in their video, and then they gave huge amounts of access to the press to play it as well and share their thoughts and views. And it was really meaty, right? It really felt like there was something more to it. And that's actually the stuff I miss about E3 at the minute, because... Um, I'm enjoying, I enjoy all the announcements, the, the exciting bit, it's the bit, it's the start of Christmas when you unwrap all the presents, and the bit afterwards is the stuff people get, sort of start to tune out a little bit, where you're just talking about what's in the games, it's the press writing up the demo they were shown or got to play, but I think that's actually what the show's about, um, and you think about how movies do it, you know, you don't go to Comic-Con to watch the Doctor Strange trailer and go, oh, I didn't know they were making a Doctor Strange movie, of course you did, um, and, um, and I think, but the, the trailer is still the surprise. People are still very hyped and excited about what they see and what they're being shown. And I think that's sort of where I think this sort of event will go in the future. It will less be about trying to keep it a secret just to shock people. Like the days of the, that, that E3 with Shenmue with three was announced and Final Fantasy VII Remake and people went crazy. Yet neither game was any, well, neither game had basically started development. Um, it was, uh, was, I, I think, I think those sort of things are going to, uh, become less of what this is about and it's going to be more about what we're seeing with Sonic. I know the new Sonic isn't going down great with everybody but it, it's that that kind of thing I think um, I, I, I believe anyway um, simply because 
it's harder to surprise people now. So um, if the only surprises are going to come from franchises that everybody knows that are dramatically reinvented for a new installment, uh, that that's going to be what, like one surprise every three or four years? <laughs> well, I think, though, I think it's a good thing for those games that are new IPs, right? So rather than everyone gets very excited about the, the brand name, but I think you can just be... It gives people more of a chance. Because I think, you know, Watch Dogs surprised people, I think, when we saw that for the first time. And Destiny surprised people. Um, those were big new IPs, new ideas, new concepts um, that people went, oh, that's cool. And then, it, I mean, they didn't... Well, Destiny was pretty pretty good and Watch Dogs not so much, but it was okay. But it, it, it sort of... I think I think that's fine. I think that's the thing that I literally missed um, from E3 over the last couple of years um, has been the ability to go beneath the surface to see what we're what's really there um uh even though you know we've been to e3s before and been shown things beneath the surface and it turns out that we actually we weren't shown like i went to i saw the cyberpunk demo at e3 two years before it came out and it looked very polished and very good <laughs> um so um so I, you know you, they can lie to us they, i say lie I, I really don't like people going on about lying they can sort of um present things in a different way um i guess and maybe it's lying <laughs> but, but but i am um, i they can they can show us the ambition yes yeah, that's that's the yeah it's the thing so i anyway I, I don't i'm not expecting a lot of surprises from e3 this year i i i wouldn't I expect a lot of 2023s um i i do know a couple of things that i've heard about that um everyone else has heard about as well so even if i said them it'd be like oh okay <laughs> um uh, i would i would love it and nintendo hasn't even announced they're doing anything they might not even rock up but uh, if Xbox's press conference was like, here's a few trailers for Forza and such, um, and Goldeneye or whatever, and here is now 30 minutes on Starfield, I'd be delighted with that. And just as I'd be delighted if Nintendo goes, you know, here's, here's, here's 45 minutes on, or I wouldn't do that, but here's 20 minutes on Breath of the Wild 2. Um, and I know that's out in a year's time, but, you know, they did that with the last Breath of the Wild. Um, I'd be really delighted with that, going really deep on something cool to get me really excited. Um, than necessarily having to unwrap 50 trailers and get excited uh, and just discard them. You're, you're just reminding me of the year that um, Nintendo dedicated, I think it was about like 20, 30 minutes of its E3 thing to a Smash Brothers yeah. Ultimate preview Wait. where they were going to proper like, you can press this button to block, you can press this button to use your shield. If you use your shield, you can then dodge to the side and then grab. And it's like, this is a tutorial. This isn't a preview. This is a tutorial. And if you're not into Smash, if you're not into Smash, Nintendo. <laughs> so what are we? What are we? Let's 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 start focusing on like like you know the, the the predictions bit purely because this is the one time of the year where you can kind of you know throw out these kind of random pipe dream things and there's half a chance that maybe they'll get announced within the next week what is there that you are expecting or would like to see in the next week goldeneye goldeneye yeah <laughs> I, no, I I second you on that. Although I'm gonna I'm gonna add in obviously I mean this was obviously gonna be on my list. I wonder slash hope if we'll see even just a teaser of Project 007 from IO Interactive. Most likely at Xbox, I imagine, purely because IO Interactive is not listed down for Summer Game Fest. But it's the 60th anniversary of the James Bond film franchise, so I wouldn't be shocked. There's got to be some sort of news on that game. 
and that that what that was announced what 2020 yeah. i know that was the usual we're announcing it to to hire for it but i don't know i quietly hope there's just even if it's just a teaser like of what it, a concept teaser but actually any sort of gameplay is another year or two away yeah i'm not too bothered but i don't think we'll see a lot of that i think we'll i, I we might get a couple but i think we'll get a lot of games that are coming out in the next 12 months i think that because i you've got this situation at the moment where companies they're still they not only are they trying to adapt to new technology um and you know and all the creative uh, expectations now upon companies to be more accessible um uh, to be more diverse to do 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 better with their you do know, do more forward facing more forward thinking more interesting things with the stuff that they're making you've also got the challenge of they're all trying to logistically work out how to do it in this sort of new hybrid re- remote working future um and i think that's you know taking as proving to be a challenge for a lot of a lot of companies so i, I think you might get some teasers from new st- or studios that are starting new projects that they want to hire for but i think a lot of it is going to be stuff we see in the next and e 3 has always been stuff that's in the next 12 months but i think we'll see even more of it um it's going to be i think final fantasy 16 seems quite far out you know for summer um so uh, uh i i fully expect uh, it to be a little bit more conservative uh, E3 um, in terms of um, where they're, uh, you know, you're not going to get, uh, I don't expect Sony to tease The Last of Us Part 3 um, or, or anything like that. Um, but, you know, there are some things that I think about and I think actually, you know, what 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 is Nintendo's, what has Nintendo got beyond Zelda? Yeah, I know that um, uh, they've got Pokemon this Christmas, but you, you, you know, we haven't seen Bayonetta 3 really. I and mean, we saw a trailer last year's about it. Um, we haven't seen any much of the Mario and Rabbids games. There's a lot of Nintendo's got stuff to show or third party stuff to show. Um, uh, but that's all stuff that's coming soon. And I think that's what we'll, I think that's what we'll probably see. But I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love a Donkey Kong or a GoldenEye. I mean, Golden, GoldenEye and, and um, Resident Evil 4 makes me seem really like, that's how boring I've become. I want to see remasters of games I used to play. Um, give me Wind Waker HD and I'm happy. Um, but uh, uh, I'll be interested to see if Nintendo uh, unleash their Mario team, right? Because that that they've got a, they've got they have something surely. Um, what do they or do they save it for Switch Two? Or, um, but there's there's no pressure to announce something right now. I think I think people are. Um, uh, I think there is a general vibe around the industry of just be patient and these games will come when they're ready. Yeah, I was I was wondering actually like if this just might be an E3 without any big new announcements just because there seems like there are so many games that um, people are already looking forward to, God of War, Starfield, Breath of the Wild 2, um, that, you know, those, those would be the big focus for the platform holders anyway. Um, I, I wonder if we're not hitting a point in uh, the console cycle where it doesn't really make a lot of sense for for publishers to try and like go big with stuff uh, you've got you know the switch is is gonna get long in the tooth here and and you announce a big game now that doesn't come out for a year or two and it's gonna be you know a late cycle release and, and maybe there would be new hardware on the way by then um with xbox and ps5 like they are already selling like almost all the systems that they that they can make as as it is right now from what i can tell like an xbox series s is somewhat attainable um without too much effort but for the most part it's like they 
they're selling what they can put out there. And then on top of that, you've got a uh, part of the pandemic here where people are increasingly going back to their habits of old uh, from before the pandemic. And we're seeing engagement rates on a number from a number of publishers that saw a real big boost with the pandemic. We're, we're, we're seeing them kind of fall off a bit. Now, uh, Call of Duty is, is, was down sharply. Um, and Take Two has talked about like that pandemic boost is gonna, they, they, they're still pretty sure it'll, it'll end in a higher place than it was before the pandemic, but they've, they've talked about it being kind of a, a declining, uh, situation right now. So maybe they're just kind of like, you know, fighting, uh, fighting against the tide here if they try and go big at this E3. And, and that just might not, might not make sense for, for a whole lot of, uh, companies. Uh, on the other hand, you know, the, you got a development plan for, for games. It's X number of years long. You're, you're not going to want to like sit on it for an extra year or whatever, just because, um, but at, at the same time, like I, I think there's, that it doesn't seem like there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. On, well, on publishers to, to swing for the fences this year. Well, I think there's uncertainty, right? You know, you've talked about um, where is the, what level is the market going to drop to? There's an uncertainty around that. And then there's an uncertainty around, you know, some of the stuff that came out of GI Live last week was, um, it was a lot of conversation around, is it worth launching on Xbox if you're not going to be in Game Pass? And, you know, what's the impact of that happening on the wider Xbox ecosystem? A few years ago, or even six months ago, it wasn't, it, you know, it, it, was, it wasn't having... It was both sides of it was doing quite well. And now there's some doubt around that. And then there's things like, um, there's not enough PlayStation 5s. You can't ship enough PS5s. Um, it's, it's, it's trending behind the PlayStation 4. You know, I'm sure that when they were, Sony was giving its estimates to publishers about where they thought they'd be, we'd be looking at around 30 million consoles by now. And if you're a publisher that's planning to put a game out on the PS5, you think, I could probably do with a few more consoles being out there. And if your game isn't quite ready yet, you saw what happened with CD Projekt and Cyberpunk and, and Rockstar or G GTA Trilogy, you think, you know what, actually it's not worth us rushing to push anything out. If we need to give it a bit more time, it makes business sense and it makes, you know, moral sense to, um, to you know, give, you know, to push this stuff back. And, it, it's, and um, maybe this E3 is it, or whatever you want to call this week, this month, um, is 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 going to represent that? There's, there is no rush. We can wait, see how things go. We are, we've got a lot of service-based games bringing in the money, not as much as it was during the pandemic, but still more than it was previously. Um, I think the other thing I will say though is it's not always about the the games publishers. I know they are the ones that do the announcing, but I do know from a media perspective because we work for a big media company, and I and I speak to them a lot, and I speak to other people in other media companies. It's been a it was a really great start to the year with Elden Ring driving huge amounts of traffic and huge amounts of attention. Um, uh, and then Horizon and other games, Gran Turismo around that. Um, that has completely collapsed in the last couple of months um, as the release schedule has just totally dried up. And the reality is it doesn't look like it's going to pick up significantly. There's quite a few games out at the end of the year, but they're all relatively, there's nothing on Elden Ring scale. The delay to Starfield, the delay to Zelda were blows. And I know that there's a few media people, media executives anyway, looking at, this period of time hoping for something uh, uh it'll be call of duty in this pokemon there are games but um something else 
that'll um, that might spark some excitement um, in the market this Q4, particularly, you know, as the movie industry's turning out quite a few blockbusters at the moment. Um, and uh, and and the TV industry's now sort of come back to full production. So it's it's, um, uh, you know, we're not we are competing with other media. Um, so there's there's, a, there's so I think there is a bit of pressure. There's also that overlap. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. There's also that overlap. I think about how Sony mentioned how uh, when I wrote the story, um, the head of the um, film and, and movies for um, Sony mentioned how he sees that there's more potential for you know streaming content from their playstation division and music division and i thought it was pretty interesting because obviously i i think he was speaking to the fact that you know we're going to see of god of war live action in some way shape or fashion i don't know what that's going to look like you know they can either go with the most recent version with him and atreus or all the way back to what we saw in the playstation either way it's going to do something and when when it and thinking about that, I saw someone tweeted something that made me think about how, you know, the games business, you know, it, it it's changing with the times where that with everything that we're talking about, E3 and surprises and what have you, it it it's still very much, at least for the big, um, you know, publishers and firms where that it they have their brand or game or franchise or franchises and they just try to revolve that around their respective releases. You know, they may not necessarily follow the, the, the set schedules or whatever those may be. They may keep on changing, but what they try to do is that they let fans or consumers know, hey, we have new XYZ coming out either a year from now, two years from now, and we're also making new content for this, that, and the third that we have in a pop. And I, and I think about that, you know, in this conversation and when we're looking at what games are being shown on E3, what updates, and, you know, the fact that I mentioned that Call of Duty is going to have, like, another TV personality in it like it has been in the last recent years also speaks to that as well. I'm sorry, Chris, you were going to say something? No, I was trying to follow it. Um, you, you sort of the 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 the, um, the coming together of entertainment across different. Is that is that what you're? Yeah, talking about that. Yeah, yeah the the, yeah. the synergy because the 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 opportunity is there. It's like why why not do that, right? Because yeah. we just had the Uncharted movie come out, and it's it's not like it bombed in the movie theaters. In fact, I I think it did pretty okay. I'm not I'm not sure what the numbers yeah. were um sonic did well right yeah. Yeah, yeah that 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 that's exactly what i'm talking about it, it, there's it, a bit there's a big mario movie there's you know let's uh, summer yeah I, I and and yeah and that's that's yeah that, that's part of what people you know that's becoming increasingly a thing in games but also you know games does compete with this right it's all about time and money and what people choose to do with these things um and um you know games is this month for instance in tv everyone's talking about stranger things they're talking about the obi-wan um uh, kenobi tv series you know they're two of the biggest things that have launched in may or in june or was it may i think it was may um they sort of uh came out and it was it was it was but there was nothing in games games didn't have anything to compete with that um and but, and that's because the thing is we talk so that's 
Um, that's all I was sort of referring to when it came to the game, video games. One of the pressures, why I think people might have been hoping for a bit out of E3. Outside of the media wanting something bigger to write about and get drive some traffic to their websites. Outside of the retailers that want bigger games to stock so they can drive consumers into their stores. I think as an industry, um, we're not at this point in time generating much mainstream noise and conversation because our games, our big game, Elden Ring came out in February. Um, there's been a couple since, but nothing quite on that scale. And um, uh, meanwhile, we've had, you know, Doctor Strange, we've had Top Gun, we've had Obi-Wan, we've had um, uh, these TV shows, and they're, and they're, they're continuing to come out, um, um, coming up. Um, so, um, yeah. Is it a bit so, of a blinkered view we're taking, though, when we talk about E3 and the pressure on the game companies to to announce things and everything, when so many of the game companies are inextricably tied into these larger media franchises and you know like Fortnite doesn't epic doesn't need to do much else i think other than just make sure that they have a steady brand of marketing activations to go with whatever the media property of the moment is is going to be so maybe if we're if we're just thinking about things solely from a here's this new console and here are the games that are coming out for it here's the software that the publisher has uh working on maybe we are risking you know missing uh, a little bit of the the overarching strategy that goes with something like sony having what was it a dozen film and tv projects in the works using their their playstation ip things like that yeah and well it's interesting actually because was it ea said they weren't doing anything around this period of time but that wasn't quite true because they were at the star wars event um um uh, that uh, a couple of a couple of weeks ago and they announced their new star wars game right and and warhammer is it warhammer skulls is that what they're called the it's an event basically they showed off all the warhammer games and um i know that's not uh entertainment property i i guess i, I that's sort an of entertainment see... property yeah it was an I meant, I meant, yeah, I, I guess I, I'm not quite, I wasn't quite sure if it, back, if it, if it matched the point I was trying to, uh, I was trying to conjure out of my brain. But the, the, there is, I remember back in the, the E3 sort of was created because come publishers and um, games companies felt that they were uh, treated as second class. I, this is the story that Tom Kalinske used to run Sega back in the day, said that, you know, the games companies didn't like going to CES, they were treated quite poorly by the technology industry. And so eventually after the, after the creation of the trade body, it's now called the ESA, um, uh, which is driven by the need for age ratings. Um, they decided we're going to create E3 because we want to have our own show. We're big enough to have our own show. It's absolutely true. Games absolutely is big enough. But now games are guests of honours at other people's shows, right? And now Warhammer are putting on entire events dedicated to the video games. Now Star Wars is putting um, EA centre stage at their event. Um, in front of a relevant audience, a massive relevant audience. And, and um, uh, I'm trying to work out if there's a conclusion to my observation. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, and, and, those, and you're right, you know, when you're talking about live service games, um, uh, you know, you just need to tie into these things, right? You know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing, exciting excitement, you know, it works for Lego Star Wars and it works for um, uh, EA's um, Star Wars games. It works for Fortnite. The, these things aren't necessarily going head to head. Well, they are going head to head to each other, but they also 
work together. And the fact that the fact that the biggest games companies we're talking about now, the new the new generation of video games companies, as people keep talking about, are Netflix and they are Amazon, um, <clears throat> who are who are also investing in these TVs and Sony, of course, of going the other, you know, do, do these sort of things anyway. Um, there might have been a point in all that. If anyone can find it, could you email it to me and I'll, uh, I'll see if there's a, <laughs> see if I can do anything with it. <laughs> I think that's probably a good point to uh, wrap up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> there no, was no, no, one. No, no. Wait, 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 wait. I, I didn't talk about uh, the, the stuff I'm looking forward to. Sorry. Uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to keep this brief. I just wish for <laughs> to keep seeing the same thing I always ask for. I, I would like to see conferences that just show us more of um the folks that work at these companies i i think everyone's been doing better about that over the years i i i know they've been making more of an effort of that so i definitely like to you know see more of that that'd be cool um i think uh i could be wrong but it, it i i i believe we may see more um double a if not like indie effort games you know with more characters um from overlook communities i know we saw a few last year during um microsoft showcasing i just hope to see more of that so yeah more folks of color and like queer heroes would be great like to see more of that please but overall i i think we also might see a uptick in double a games as well going back to the conversation about releases and you know things people might be interested in just for the sake of like you know the resources the time and money and you know what they can do with that so yeah that that that's what i look forward to yeah i i, I don't really have much more to say um cool indie games we never heard of would be great because it's hard to keep up with that especially those um yeah that's it for me Aspects are like going going back to our earlier point of like there are no more surprises at E3 or whatever this is. Like that's where you get the surprises now. Is this, there's always like one or two, sometimes like three or four indie games that came out of nowhere that everyone is talking about by the end of the week, and like those can come from any any presentation. Like they might be in the Xbox, it might be in Summer Game Fest, it might be in Wholesome Direct or Guerrilla Collective, like those are the titles I'm kind of looking forward to now because like they're the ones that you're, you're always really intrigued, it's like wow I, I hadn't thought of that, of, of doing a game about that, that's really interesting so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the thing that I don't know about and Goldeneye the Goldeneye, yes, oh good lord if, if by this time next week if Goldeneye hasn't been announced I'm going to worry about you Chris <laughs> <laughs> okay that is definitely enough for today thank you dear listener for sticking with us um do hope you will head over to the site and uh keep up with all the things that are going to be announced at whatever this week is uh we will be covering all the announcements all the release dates and obviously all the biggest breaking industry stories you can find previous episodes of this podcast on your podcasting platform of choice and you can find all the news analysis and insight into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz 